Today's anecdotal experience is sponsored by YouTube Red. Have you ever wanted to watch half an hour of prank videos? Or a never-ending fail compilation? Well I don't know what kind of original programming YouTube Red has, but if it doesn't have those two things it will most certainly be a disappointment to everyone who buys it. Today's guest is Leah Fleischer. I hope I'm saying her last name right. I looked up other people, famous people, with that last name, and they all pronounced it Fleischer. So if she pronounces it differently, it's wrong. Today we talk about kind of like moving away. Moving away, giving something a try, having bad roommates, uh, weird experiences that you have that you look forward to. And maybe don't meet your expectations. Kind of like disappointment. Just uh, generalized disappointment with people. Uh, but yeah, it goes in a lot of different directions. I have to listen to it again. I'm doing one a week, so sometimes I forget what exactly details and anecdotes we talked about. I'm looking forward to re-listening to this and figuring out if I said the name right. If you shared the video, thank you so much. 24 people shared that video. And I love them all. I lived in New York twice. You did? Okay. Do you have... I've traveled a lot. All right. Bounced around a lot. Were these... Over 30 jobs. Okay. Went to a couple different countries. What What are you looking for? With what? Life. What do you move in? What are you floating around for? Do you just like being a vagabond or were you pursuing something? Like when you went to New York, people usually are like, yeah, I want to be an actress. No, <laughs> my sister was in DAP and she was What's co-oping. DAP? DAP, the design architect program, design architecture planning program Yeah. at UC. She was in fashion design. And at the time, we were still on quarters, and they would co-op every other quarter, and she would go to New York most of the times. Uh And one time, I was done with high school, and I was just, like, working at a restaurant, and she needed a roommate, so she told me to move with her, and I did. Okay. So that was kind of out of, like, need for change, feeling stuck here, ready to kind of get a jump start. Okay. But it didn't happen. (laughs) You were trying to move for real? Yeah. You were like, I'm going to be a New Yorker. Yeah. I can do this. Yeah. I was going to live with her for three months, and then she was going to leave, and I found a second set of dappers to come in for the next three months. All right. And what were you going to do? When I was there? Yeah. I just figure it out. All right. Just work on stuff. Yeah. Well, what, no, but what did you, what did you envision? Because you have those thoughts when you're like, I'm going to move to New York, and mm-hmm. then you have your fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's not like a like I'm gonna do this or that, but you see yourself doing something. I wanted to get into fashion, but it wasn't really like the most gung ho thing that I wanted. I wasn't like I have to get into fashion. Right. I just was hoping to fall into something like that. I don't even know what I really wanted to do. What did you? What did what? I moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. when I was like 23, and I think. I wanted to work in TV. Mm. I think that's what I wanted um, deep down. But I was afraid to say what I wanted because I didn't want to fail. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think I wanted to be important and I wanted to, yeah, I felt like being in entertainment, I could like meet cool people and be important, have my picture with interesting people and be like, Joey's doing something big. Mm-hmm. I think it was that. And I didn't want to commit to it and say that's what I'm doing. And I also didn't say I was going to be there very long. Because hmm. I didn't want to eat crow when I came home. Yeah. But I think that's what I wanted. Does that help? <laughs> I don't think that I had a set area to drive towards. I think I wanted to expand my horizons to figure out where that drive was. Yeah. I came up with a lot of general ideas that I could do that were never going to be feasible. But I was hoping that through some venture of working there, I would figure out what I wanted to do or what I would be good at. 
Yeah, by like, you're finding yourself. By like random jobs, you know? Like that's the place where you're serving somewhere and you meet this person and they're like, you're great for this. And yep. then you get this job that you didn't even know existed. That That is so true. And that's like, I told my friend that just recently. I'm like, dude, get a service entry, indi- industry job. Ultimately, just like get out there. Mm-hmm. Get out there, meet people. And if you're like waiting tables, you're shaking hands all the time. All the time. Friends of friends, you meet people like us. Us mm-hmm. now. How did we meet? Friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. us getting out. Yeah. So, yeah. I get that. I just wanted to not be here. I felt very stuck here. And this was an opportunity to not be here. Okay. Yeah. You're just like, fuck this place. Mm-hmm. Howdy. Because for a really long time, I wanted to own my own bakery. There. There's your dream. But then I realized I did not want to do that at all. How old were you? When I realized it? Yeah, all of it. I decided I wanted to own one when I was like 14 or 15. And then I started working in one. Yeah. And then I decided I definitely didn't when I was like 18. (laughs) Yeah, what was the allure? I feel that's like a, that's a 16 year old's dream. Yeah. To own like a cute bakery, Mm -hmm. make like cute cupcakes. Yeah. And then you actually learn about like business and Uh like managing finances and stuff. And you're like. Brides. Yeah. Oh, is that it? Uh Uh-huh. What? That was like my deciding factor. What? I never want to deal with brides. Oh. Especially their cake. Don't want to do it. And that's where all of the money is. Just like dealing with awful people. Mm Mm-hmm. Brides. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sparkles. Okay. Shit that can't be done. Yeah, they're like, they have this idea. Mm-hmm. And they're and like, don't it meet better idea. be my idea. Mm-hmm. Better be my dream cake. Yep. Or you're the worst. Mm-hmm. I, you know what? I used to say, I used to like give brides a lot of guff, like bridezillas and all that stuff. Because I'm like, you're such a narcissist. This is all, you think this is all about you? Mm-hmm. This is your day to feel like you matter? And then uh, Alec and I did that show um, just recently. And my face was on the poster and it, mm-hmm. it it came to me realizing like, oh, this is my show. This is my <laughs> wedding. Yeah. And I like kind of, there was like a little bit of monster came out of me and I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. You put your face on a poster. Yeah. You put your face on a poster. You're like, this is my day. This is my thing. And I want it to be good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I get brides. And I want it to be fun, and it's stressful. Yeah. So I get them, too. I just don't want to need their money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it's like you're putting yourself in a... My dad did a... He used to be a photographer. Mine, too. Yeah. He did, like, he did uh, journalism. Mm. But then he also, like, where he got his money, weddings. Mm-hmm. He couldn't handle it. Yeah, my dad refused, because brides would be like, I look terrible in this picture. And he would say, it's not the picture. Yeah. Like, it's you. You are unattractive. You're not pretty. Yeah. Yeah. So he stopped doing it. (laughs) That was, yeah, my dad's similar. I think my dad, it was mainly, I remember him telling me he'd get these sweats. He said, like, you have your sweat when you're working hard, and then you have your anxiety sweat, like Mm -hmm. your perspiration. And he just said, it's a different smell. And he said, it was... So not only did he have to take the pictures, but he had to be in places where people couldn't smell him because mm-hmm. he smelled so bad <laughs> and he couldn't. That's hard. Yeah. It was the pre couldn't handle it. That's an impossible task. Yeah. So he quit. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. That's funny. Our dads were wedding photographers that. <laughs> Both quit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you gave up on, you gave, we're not gave up, but you like became a realist with, you don't want to own a bakery. I don't want a bakery. Yeah stupid what'd you do in new york when you got there i had like five different jobs i got a job at a cafe called soy that had a lot of soy products oh i i would hope i'd imagine Mm -hmm. very misleading hemp products and you know all of that yeah some famous people came into it who that (laughs) i can't remember his name the guy from gilmore girls who's really short and Uh, gilmore guy and likes Paris, and he ends up dating Paris. Do I look like someone that's seen Gilmore Girls? Yeah. That sucks. Everyone should I need see to change Gilmore my look. Girls. All right. It just came back on. Everyone's rewatching it. <laughs> it's not good. Don't rewatch it. I won't. I well, didn't. he's not in anything else. And then there's somebody else, but I can't remember. So I guess they're not that famous. 
But yeah, it was cool at the time. Mm-hmm. It was hip. Yeah. All right. What else did you do? I also worked at Urban, and then I was a hostess at another restaurant. I feel like when you move to New York City, your first thing is like, well, get a job at Urban Urban Outfitters. There's 10 in a row. Do that. So they have to be hiring. Mm-hmm. It's miserable. And they give you $9 an hour, and it's a shit show. But you get to work there. Yeah, but it's awful. Yeah, but when you're 18, you had to be like pretty hype. No. No? I hated it. Okay. It's just not for me. I like to interact with people. Okay. I like to be involved with what's happening, not just like fold clothes and then watch you unfold them and then fold them again for $9. Yeah. It's like a reminder that existence is futile. Yeah. Yeah. And people weren't nice, so I didn't like have friends at work. Really? Yeah, they were shitty. Did you have a hard time making friends? Super hard time. How'd you I'd try? Work. Okay. Mostly. Mm-hmm. And then people my sister knew, but like mostly work. Yeah. And it just, I would constantly ask to like do things with people and they'd be like, for sure. And then never get back to me. That's, f- I've noticed, I noticed that in LA. It's the worst. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause you, I made plans with so many people mm-hmm. to be like, dude, yeah, let's go to the, whatever the magic house, I forget what it's called, but it's like, yeah, we, like, I've made definite plans, and then it's always like, oh, this or that, and you're like, oh, dude. Or they dude. just don't respond until, like, too late, and then, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why didn't you want to do this with me? Right. Is it me? Or could you just tell me? Yeah. That you don't want to do it? Like, don't. I, went, I couldn't handle that. If people are like, no, nah, I don't want to hang out with you. <laughs> no, just be like, oh, so sorry, I can't do it today. Don't, like, leave me hanging. Oh, and yeah. And then make up an excuse. Yeah. Tell me sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Sooner rather than after the fact. Mm-hmm. Did you want to hang out with the assholes at Urban Outfitter, though? Them, no. But it was like, I then I got a job at a restaurant as a hostess, and they were all assholes, too, so I didn't want to hang out with them. But I got a job at another cafe, and I had a couple of people there that were really cool, and I tried to hang out with them. How'd that go? Didn't go well. Okay. I'm still friends with one of them through, through like social media, but and we were close at work, but we never actually hung out outside of work, despite yeah. me trying. And I did go to my manager's house one time because he was having a party, but we showed up and there was like three people there, and it was really awkward. Yeah, so but that's friends left. though. No, he was weird. Yeah. Oh, you were desperate, so you're like, all right, I'll go to this. Well, I thought it would be a party where I could meet other people. Okay. And, like, not get close to my manager, but, like, meet other people. Okay. You were using your manager mm-hmm. for our potential other friends. Yeah. Okay. It didn't work. Yeah. You know what? You know what? You, this is what I think the key is to making friends, is you need to meet, because you meet people all the time, mm-hmm. but you're meeting these people, and they're like, yo, I kind of got my own shit. I'm good. All of them. I got friends. I'm good. I got my own life. And then you're like, hey, can I be a part of your life? Can you introduce me to all your connections and I just parasite off you? And they're like, no. Like, no, that doesn't. I worked really hard for these friends you can't share with me. Yeah, you can't just steal someone's life. Yeah. So you got to find, like me and Alec, Alec Caro, been on the podcast. We, We met each other at a time where we both were super lonely. Mm-hmm. You know, like we didn't have any friends. So you needed each other. Yeah, we hated each other, but we're like so <laughs> lonely that we made it work, you know? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you need to find other newbies. Like, you know. I did. So like the two people okay. I ended up being friends with, I met through one of the guys that would never hang out with me. Okay. He was Irish and super gay. So he'd always be going to like these fairy events and he mm-hmm. always promised to take me into one and he never did. Like, he would be pole dancing, and he was supposed to take me, and he didn't. But then one time he had a party at his apartment, which was close to mine, and he invited me. Mm-hmm. And I went, and these two other Irish girls were there. And so I became friends with them. Okay. And they, they welcomed you in? Yeah. Okay. They were very nice. Were you? I mean, the Irish are very nice. They are. I also went to Ireland for six months. Yeah. Because of them, actually. Nice. But then it didn't end well. Ah, yeah, I love that. I, that. That excites me. I love it when things don't end well. <laughs> Why? Think, well, if you said to me, oh, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. I was there for six months. It was chill. It that was, was whatever. It. They were nice. Still talk. The end. Not interesting. No, we don't talk anymore. All right, we'll get there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you made Irish buddies. Were you ever mm-hmm. depressed when you moved? Super depressed? Were you ever? Yeah. Super? 
Super. Really? I've been clinically depressed since I was 16. Oh, did this, <laughs> did this uh, domino on top dogpile? No. Were you Were you more depressed than usual? When I was there? Yeah. For a bit of time. After my sister left, when the new roommates moved in. Yeah. That was super depressing. Because you were lonely? Because I was lonely and because they were mean for reasons they shouldn't have been. Why were they mean to you? It was kind of my sister's fault. No offense, Rachel. I don't hold it against you. Kind of. She was in charge of the apartment. Okay. And she paid the landlord in cash. And when she moved out, she got her deposit and the rest of the girls paid their deposit. Okay. And our landlord was this very Italian old man who didn't speak fluent English and worked in the barbershop below. So we were on the third floor, yeah. barbershop first floor. And one time he came up, and there were five of us living in this two-bedroom apartment, two-bedroom with an office. And I got the office, and it didn't have any windows. You but got the were, office as a bedroom? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was, like, it was big enough to fit like a full-size futon, but that's it. Okay. And there were no windows. It was miserable. Mm-hmm. But there were five of us up there, and that's not that's not legal. And one time, the two new roommates each had, like, two friends over. Two were staying, and two were, like, just hanging out. So at one point, there was, like, eight of us. Yeah. And he came up, and he saw suitcases and, like, girls, and he, like, flipped out and thought that we had ten people living there, and we didn't. Mm-hmm. And then he got angry and refused to give the deposit back. Oh, and you, and she'd already left with her deposit. Yeah, my sister already got her deposit back. Okay. So these new girls have this deposit invested. Yeah. And mine's still there. Right. And we're getting ready, or he doesn't, he doesn't want us to live there anymore. That's what happened, because he saw all these people. Oh my gosh, okay. And we couldn't get the deposit back. And so they blamed me, because my sister didn't sign a document saying that they would definitely get their deposit back. Oh, yeah, that's entirely your fault. Right. Yeah. I did all you of You deserve it. that. It's totally my fault. I hate you. Right. Yeah. And so I'm 19, and they... And mind you, one of them, the one that did most of the harassing, was actually a friend of mine that I'd worked with at Dewey's a while, like, for years. And so I was excited to live with her. But yeah. she would, like, sit me down when I'd get home from work and like just buried me with questions. What well, about? Well, when are we getting our deposit back? Like, you need to figure this oh, out. Your sister she put needs that to figure this you. out. Oh, every like every day. All she day. wants that deposit, and you're gonna yeah. be the person that she works really it hard out. for her money. She oh, deserves she does. her money. Yeah, I was oh. like, oh, because none of us do. I've met people like that. Right. That work hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so. I I had a similar. Yeah, I had a similar thing when I was in L.A. because we had a person. I knew he moved his girlfriend in. Mm. We were already we were already in a two bedroom, and it was five people living in a two bedroom. What? Yeah, no, it was bananas. It was a bad idea. Yeah, it was a learning experience. But mm-hmm. he moved his girlfriend in, and this uh, it was a where was this dude from? He was Middle Eastern. He was our landlord. Same mm. deal you had. But he comes by and he's like, "I'm bumping your rent up to sixteen hundred, and. I was like, in our apartment was not up to code. It was super gross. But they were all like, oh, this is what we're doing. And I was like, no. I was like, fuck this dude. And I, I just told him. I'm like, I printed out the tenant's rights of mm-hmm. California. And I handed it to him. And I was like, and I highlighted the sections that he needed to fix. I was like, uh, fix this and we'll pay the 1600 But it's 1400 until then. Nice. He didn't speak very good English. And he just kind of was like, took it and left it alone. Did he fix anything? No, but we paid fourteen hundred. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I was just like Fair bragging deal. about how boss I was. That was boss. It was pretty badass. Yeah. Because yeah. I was like, dude, you can't just say, yeah, it costs more now. No. It's not a thing you can do. I mean, my brother said that's what you can do in LA. Can you? Just because they'll kick you out because everyone's looking for housing. Yeah, but I. All right. I don't know. But if he's not fluent in the language and the law, then. Yeah, I spooked him. Yeah, you, you pr- print stuff, highlight stuff, highlight stuff, handed to people. They're like, <laughs> make it oh. look serious. Put yep. it in a folder. Yep. You just Get a folder. Make it look like you mean business. You hand someone a folder. You're like, all right, you're the boss. You're yeah. in control. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you less about me. You, <laughs> you, uh, you like lost a buddy then, because it was a friend yeah. you had that you were like, oh, this will be tight. We worked. We made pizza together. Mm-hmm. Now 
we're going to be friends. And then she was like, I don't care about the relationship. I just want my deposit. Yeah. Okay. That's what happened. Why'd you end up coming back? Well, it was a mixture of not having the apartment anymore. Yeah. Not having anyone to live with anymore. Not getting my deposit back. Oh, because you all got kicked out. Yeah. Okay. You're all getting kicked out. I I could have stayed probably if I really wanted to, but he would have raised the rent and I didn't have anyone to live with and I didn't want them to stay anymore. Okay. So I kicked them out. I kicked us out, I guess. Oh, you <laughs> Technically. did? I mean, he said he like wanted us to do a bunch of things and pay more money and like give him more deposit. Right. And I said no. So I could have said yes and we could have stayed and done that, but I said no. So we left. And then did you want to go home? It really seemed like the only option, limited resources, and I didn't, I mean, I was working at cafes. Yeah, but were you psyched to go home? I was psyched to not be around those people again. Yeah. I was psyched to see familiar faces and not feel lonely, but I wasn't super excited about, like, getting to live in Cincinnati again. Right, and retreating and getting all of that shit from people about moving back. Oh, I knew you'd be back. It's like, Uh, fuck you, at least I tried. Yeah, the at least I tried. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I did the same thing, because I did come back, but I left immediately. I didn't, like, I I was back for a week. I made plans to go to school, Mm -hmm. because I was like, I'm not going to come back. Because I'm not going to eat crow. I'm not going to, like, deal with this. Mm-hmm. But I was in a similar situation. Yeah. Because I came back and went to school because my mom worked at UC and I got it for free. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. So. Moving yeah. back drove me to that. And that is a necessary part in my life. So it was fine. Yeah. No, for real. Mm-hmm. I'm. That's crazy because we had similar experiences because I did the same thing. Because mm-hmm. I left and I was like, later, I can't <laughs> deal with you guys. Because I moved out of this uh trap house okay Mm -hmm. and i moved to pasadena and i lived in a pool house with some nice folks that i met (laughs) connections i worked at a country club and i made connections i met people and they were like hey we know some people with a pool house uh do you want to move out of that shithole you live in and live with these nice ass folks in pasadena and i was like yes i do (laughs) so i lived in a pool house and it was tight it was awesome it was like all to myself. I lived there for two months. That's okay. Amazing. It was insane. And it was like, that was a lesson that I learned. I'm like, oh, you know what? Don't worry about rent. Don't worry about the cost of rent. If you live, if you want to go home, home needs to be a place you want to go to. Mm-hmm. And that's worth, that's on, what's the word? It's priceless. Priceless. It was a lesson I learned. But I yeah, agree. I came home. Yeah. Okay. That was, so you came back. I came back. And then you were like, wait, this was, so now you're like, you're going to college. Yeah. And then I went to college and then I went to Spain for the summer, Spain and Europe. And then I went, came back and then I went to Ireland and then I came back and then I moved to New York again later. Okay. <laughs> I want to, what happened? What happened in Ireland? I was at a, like, Get us to the good part. You know the part I want to hear. What part? The crazy part? Yeah. The fight. There was a fight. Yeah, I know. Yeah, there were several in the streets every night. Oh. I did get punched in the face once. Whoa. By a guy. By a dude? Mm-hmm. I provoked him. I think I slapped him. He deserved it. He was handsy. Yeah. 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 You can't yeah. punch a lady in the face. Mm-mm. You know what? Hmm. You can punch a lady in the face. Mm-hmm. You know what? You shouldn't... If a lady's bigger than you, and there's like a power imbalance there... And she punches you in the face. That lady shouldn't have punched you in the face. I'm Correct. a man talking as a man. I agree with that. Yeah. If it was like a tiny dude whose ass you could kick, different situation. Unless he's doing something to provoke you. Yeah, don't punch ladies. I changed my mind. <laughs> what happened in Ireland? You had friends. You made in New York. Right. Okay. Oh, the friendship Drink more wine ending if you thing. Want. Okay. Yeah. The friendship ending thing? So yeah. the the girls were in Dublin, mm-hmm. and I was in Cork, okay, which is like a two to three hour bus ride. So I went to see them for St. Patrick's Day, which was also one of my friend's birthdays. So it was supposed to be a super grand, great crack weekend. Yeah, you know, 
And I get you were going to do crack cocaine. Crack in Gaelish means a great time. So the Irish will say it'll be good crack tonight. It's like C R A I C. You pronounce crack. Okay. You didn't do crack. Didn't do real crack. Okay. But had lots of crack. Gotcha. <laughs> I think I know what you're talking crack about. Crack just means good fun. Just cool. means a good time. Yeah. So Dublin. I get there to Dublin, and Sue, whose birthday it is, is not feeling well. So we stay. This is your buddy in, from New York. Yeah. So we stay in that night, and then I go back with our other friend, Janelle. And stay with her for the evening. And she's waking up early to be in the St. Patrick's Parade. And I didn't need to wake up as early as her because she had to be there, you know, to start it. And mm-hmm. I was just going to meet them somewhere. But she didn't tell me where to meet them. So I didn't know what to do or how to get there or where the parade was or, like, anything. So I just, like, had to stay in her apartment and miss St. Patrick's Day. And I, like, didn't have any food, which sounds minuscule, but hangry is a thing. And it doesn't make for a better mood. Yeah. And then Sue didn't get better. She, like, picked me up later that day. And we ended up going back to her parents and, like, sitting on the couch and watching, like, MTV and VH1, hoping she would feel better. And then she just didn't. Wait, so when you got left in the apartment, you got left in with Sue, the sickie. No, I got left in the apartment in Nell's apartment while okay. she was at the parade. Sue was elsewhere. And okay. then later, Sue picked me up that afternoon. To so like, this is only like 2 p.m. I've already missed the parade. I've already missed the beginning. All my friends back in Cork are already like wasted and at the parade in the bars. Right. And then Sue and I go to her parents until like 4 so you're very disappointed with your St. Patrick's Day Super experience. disappointed. What were you, what was supposed to happen? Why were you in, like cuz you were in your you were in the apartment by yourself. What where were you what were you expecting to happen? Was someone supposed to like pick you up and party with you or what? I wanted to meet Nell at the parade, but she didn't leave me directions. She was supposed to like tell me how to get there. Got like it. she told me to take the bus, but I didn't have internet or I'm not from Dublin. Right. So I didn't know where the bus was or what bus or like how yeah, much I needed for the bus. Yeah, it's a needle in a haystack. Right. Like, find me in Dublin. And she wasn't texting because she's in a parade. Right. And I was wrong about the mom's house thing that happened the day before. I was actually at Nell's apartment until like one by myself. And then finally at that point had decided that I'd rather go back to Cork than stay for the rest of the weekend. Because you were, you were just... Like, so disappointed. I was so disappointed. And so upset. It was a, it, it was awful. And they were, like, the worst hosts. And I don't know if that's a cultural thing. Were they upset? Were they kind of, like, annoyed you were there? No. They were, like, super excited I was there. Okay. She just didn't feel well. And I don't know if they think about, like, what it means to have a foreigner there. Your expectations. I guess. Of I mean, the, she just your, expected yeah. I'd be able to figure out how to get to the parade. Okay, so you're... I don't know how I would figure that out. All right. No resources. So you're like, hey, later, guys. I'm going to go hang out with my friends and try to enjoy, like, salvage this weekend. Yeah, and they weren't happy about that. Why? Because it... We decided... They finally decided to go to a bar. Sue still wasn't feeling well, so she's sitting there, like, looking very sickly, like, sipping on a Guinness. Okay. And they just don't, like... They're not having fun... I'm already miserable from the entire day, and I decided to go, so I had my bag with me of things, and they were trying to convince me to stay, and I had already decided to go. Were they apologetic on the fact that you'd had such a bad time, or were they just like, Leah, chill out? I mean, they both. Okay. They're like, I mean, we didn't realize you were having a bad, like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Okay. But you were supposed to meet me at the parade, and I'm like... Did not get uh-huh. there. So it's like both parties just being indignant. Yeah. Being like, all right, well, fuck you. We can't meet in the middle and you realize that you hung me out to dry mm-hmm. later. Yeah. And it's St. Patrick's Day and I'm in Ireland. So I'm going to go where it's going to be fun. Yeah. So I did that. Yeah. With your friends. Yeah. They were all wasted when I got back. But you, when did you get back? Like eight or nine. <laughs> oh, that day. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you got some, you had fun? Yeah. I had a couple hours, but like they were, I mean, most people were gone. So that's how that, that's how that, you're like not, you don't talk to those girls and 
Yeah. And I messaged her and I apologized for the whole thing and like, sorry about, I know it was your birthday and like, blah, blah, blah. I was, this is what happened and this is how I was feeling and this is why I reacted the way I did. And she just never responded. She never responded. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's so bizarre. Sometimes that just happens where you can't move on from there. You can be like, if you don't get this, if you don't understand how I was feeling in that moment, then there's no way that this can continue. Yeah. It's just like, we're not, we're different people. Mm hmm. Yeah. Wait, then you got punched. Who punched you in the face? Oh, just some drunk guy in a bar. Oh, really? Yeah. What happened? They really like to touch your butt as you walk by. Like, the drunk Irish men love mm-hmm. it, and they think they're allowed to, and they think it's okay, and Irish women... I don't know what I was going to say with that. They would hit them, too. What, are they cool with it? No, I don't think they're cool with it. I think that it might be more common... Or maybe they're not as hypersensitive to it. Okay, the boys will be boys? No, like, that feeling wasn't somebody purposely putting their hand on my butt. It was just somebody walking by and accidentally touching me. Oh, got it. They're just... And I'm not, because yeah. then I turn around and see their face, and then I slap them. Is that what... That's, so that's what and happened. that's what happened, and then he got mad and, like, waited until I, like, walked out the front door and, like, came up and, like, punched me in the face and then ran away. No way. Yeah. Well, you straight up slapped him? Yeah. Okay. I slept with many an Irishman and yeah. Americans here as well. Are dudes doing that still? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I feel like you can do it if it's, you know when it's welcome, mm-hmm. but to a stranger. Even mm-hmm. like girls too. Girls will do that to boys. Boys will do that to boys. Mm-hmm. And I'm still like, dude. Boundaries. Personal space. Yeah. You don't know me. You don't know me. And I understand, like, if it's, like, boys being boys. And honestly, I don't care. If, like, a dude... That's not, like, a real term. Yeah, but... Okay, think about this. All right, uh, like, a girl slaps my ass. Mm-hmm. Stranger. How am I supposed to deal with that? Politely ask her not to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> Socially, though, in our climate now. I'm supposed to be like, haha, that's funny. We're all having a good time. This is not a big deal. Or if it, I don't think you should do that. I think you should be upset. You think if so? If she doesn't want other people to do it to her, she shouldn't be doing it to other people. Okay, cool. All right. I don't know. Because I feel like if someone or a dude or whoever touches my ass, I'm like, yo, I'm still a guy that doesn't want his ass touched. Yeah. Even though I'm a guy. Don't touch me unless I tell you you can touch me. Yeah, but then he's like, yo, chill out. I don't know. Maybe I'm projecting on people and maybe everyone's on my side. But <laughs> So dude punched you in the face. Yeah. Did he like break your nose or anything? No. It was a very weak punch. He was a weak man and he was drunk and he ran away. Oh, man. That's crazy, though. Yeah. You were fine? Yeah, I was totally fine. Okay. It's not even the first time it's happened. That you've been punched in the face? Yeah. Can you believe that? I need to do more stuff. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Maybe. <clears throat> you know what? I'm so physically threatening. When people see me, they're like, I'm not punching that guy. <laughs> Maybe that's it. When else have you gotten punched in the face? It was kind of an accident. I, this very large, young adult male was beating up my friend just because he could next to me like this is a, continuously this is a punching him yeah i mean okay. i was in high school Got i was it. 16 okay and this is my friend and he's very tiny he's a thin tiny man at this time yeah and this tall large man gets upset with him and just won't stop punching him so i like stepped in to stop and he didn't stop swinging you got punched in the so face he punched me in the face that's crazy he shouldn't have been punching the other guy. Anybody else should have stopped it, but nobody did. It was stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Man. See, it's power imbalance. But then some really bad stuff happened to that guy. Somebody told his dad that he punched a girl and his dad broke his legs. No. Yeah. You were the girl? Yeah. No way. His yeah. dad broke his legs? Yes. But I wasn't the one that told, so I can't take that guilt. No. No, you did the right thing. You stood up for your buddy mm-hmm. who was getting his ass whooped. Mm-hmm. You know what? I bet that dude never punched another girl. 
Or picked on another person that wasn't his own size. He's probably in jail. Probably. Yeah. Probably still <laughs> crippled. His dad <laughs> broke his legs. His dad broke his legs. It's like what legs. you do to a sheep. I know. That's insane. I know. Wow. That's bonkers. That was around here too, right? For sure. Deep in the heart of Clifton. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um. All right. So, when did you move back to New York City? Um, like a year and a half ago. Okay. Why did you now? Now why? Now why are you moving up there? I moved out there because I got into a car accident and it totaled my car. So you got to go to New York. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, why buy a new car? I just moved to New York instead. They have subways. Was that the thought process? <laughs> Kind of. What an opportunity. Yeah. Okay. What were you going to do? Well, I wanted to be a research assistant because I graduated with my BA in psych and I wanted to get a higher degree, but I can't without experience. Okay. And I didn't get any experience in undergrad because nobody told me that I even could or should. And I didn't actually do, I didn't switch to psych until my senior year. Mm Mm-hmm. So I needed to find actual experience and there isn't any here. Okay. So crushed my car, might as well. New mm-hmm. York has experience, maybe it can find and some. And you intentionally crashed your car because you knew yeah. this will be my gateway. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, for sure. All right. So you moved up there because you're like, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna be a researcher. I'm gonna be a research assistant. I'm gonna yes. get my credentials. Yeah. Then I'm gonna, wait, wait so are you a psychologist? No, you need like you need years of experience in order to get into a program. Oh, to be a like your resume needs to look flawless to even get accepted into a psych doctor program, especially a, clinical psych. To be a therapist. To be a therapist. To be, you gotta a, be good. To be a psychologist. Yeah. It's hard. Or a doctorate of a psychology, I should say, because you can be a therapist with like a mental health certificate. Okay, but you, you might didn't... have to call yourself a counselor. Right. But you were like, no, I want to be the real deal. Mm-hmm. You know what you should do? Hmm. You, do you already have your credentials and stuff? I am a research coordinator at UC Psychiatry right now. Cool. <laughs> so, yeah? I'm working on them. Okay, all right. Uh, start a podcast and then just do it there. Do what where? Do it there. Do just, what where? Yeah, just get people, get weird, disturb people. And get them on your podcast and save their lives. That would be illegal. Yeah. And then get sponsored by MeUndies.com. <laughs> Just a thought. That'd be a violation of every HIPAA code. No, I mean, they're not. It's all, it's all good. You're just doing an interview. Yeah. They have to sign a consent. Really? Did I'm they? referencing no, what I do. Because really. I've had people come on and say some weird shit yeah yeah like i'm a therapist people like when people listen yeah yeah they do they do yeah mm-hmm thanks for you listen to yeah you're not wrong the you the people that are attracted to talking about what's happening with them and needing help are not the people that or people who are willing to talk about that on air or on a podcast are mm-hmm. not the people who are actually looking for mental the, help. The correct journey of help. What do you mean? That's not showing a serious sign of wanting to like explore yourself. That's showing you wanting attention and me exploiting that. No, not you exploiting that. No, like I the get person you that has the issues. If they truly want to solve the issues, they shouldn't be doing it through a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. Yeah. It should be someone that knows what they're doing. Like, figuring their shit out. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Okay. So you... Don't start a podcast. You moved to New York. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And then... What? You're not there now. I'm not there now. I got a job with my sister at the fashion firm she worked for. That's weird. That's not what you wanted to do. (laughs) It's not what I wanted to do. It was an accident. The day that I got there, I went to have lunch with her. And 
one of the designers she used to work for but doesn't work for just lost her like third assistant and asked if I would be willing to do like a month of just secretary type office stuff, get her organized, help her out. And then that turned into them offering me a job and I was a fashion design associate. Yo, that's Yo. like kind of the original goal. That was like, yeah, the, the first, first one. And I was yeah. like, I don't want this this time. Oh, so you were like, <laughs> man, where were you? Yeah. However many years ago I moved yeah. here. Seriously. Okay, but you took it. But I took it. I mean, it was interesting. It was fun. I learned a lot. I loved the designer I worked for. It was fun to work with my sister. Yeah. But then the designer I was working for decided to move to California and I was dating a guy here and it was getting more serious and long distance is the worst. So I moved back. Oh, wait, how long were you there that time? Six months, both times. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, six months. Just long enough to feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta give it more. You do. There are other life things that are more important than the concept of giving thing more time. Nothing. Nothing. No, nothing. You gotta sink your costs and stick out everything forever. (laughs) That sounds terrible. Yeah. I have a horrible life. There'd be a lot of miserable people out there. Mm Mm-hmm. Not just me. Hmm. Now, now I know what you mean, but, okay, so you were, it was mainly like, I I got a dude back here. So I'm going to move back. It wasn't mainly that. That was a big part of it. But it was, I don't want to be a fashion designer and I didn't want to be in fashion. And the designer that they were replacing, the designer I worked for, was not one that I was willing to work for. So now I don't like my job anymore. And my boyfriend's in Cincinnati. And my only three friends are my roommates who are all from Cincinnati and my sister and her friends. And that's it. Didn't make new friends again. Didn't like feel like I had my own way there. Okay. But, all right. I'll hit you with this. Do you think you forwent something, some sort of like personal growth for maybe not sticking it out and saying, you know what? I'm going to, this isn't, I'm here at the fashion agency but I don't really want to work with this person and then say, I'm going to try to do the research. You know what I mean? I'm going to do what I came here to oh, do. I applied to over like 600 research positions. Okay. And I'm For real? still getting 600? rejection emails. You are? Yes. How long ago was that? Two, almost two years ago. That's like insane. Year and like, I, I tried so hard. I okay. like contacted, I went into like the deep depths of awkwardness and contacted people I never would have to see if they had connections or could help me out or could right. give me advice. Okay. I was like connected to this girl who was a coordinator and talked yeah. to her and she didn't help and like. You put in the work. I put in so much work and did not have any success. Okay, got it. You know what? I get that. Because if you're so... Do you know what I mean? I know mm-hmm. some people, they'll try something. They'll do it for a little bit. And they're like, oh, I failed. I'm like, dude, you didn't try. But if you applied, oh, you for day. real 600? I, probably. That's insane. I would go in and I would check all of the job applications for the day. And I would apply to all of them for like these same four or five different research companies. Like Mount Sinai. Yeah. The college or the hospital. Mm-hmm. And they would always have like eight or ten, and I would apply to the same ones every day. Okay. Every day. Yeah. Yeah. Or no. like any any research assistant like Craigslist. Like I would right. crazy things that were not ever gonna be what I needed, I applied to and didn't get any responses. Yeah, that's the uh Yeah, no, I mean I think everyone's been there. Mm-hmm. Not to, I've not been there to that degree. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, that's a lot, but that's sort of just incessant applying to this, applying to that. Maybe taking, I don't know, a couple hours applying to maybe one place, mm-hmm. writing a really nice cover letter, then just nothing. Mm-hmm. I had and like four or five versions of cover letters, and I would like adjust them to make sense for the job title. And I don't look good on paper. No? No. What, just a little experience? I don't have any, like, before now, when I was at that point, I didn't have any outside of restaurant industry, child care type of experience. Yeah, you gotta, like, pad it. 
Yeah. You got to bullshit. Yeah. I mean, I had a research assistant job at UC for six, like, it was really three months, but I, like, you know, pulled it out Fudged to six it, months. Yeah. And, like, I actually didn't do anything mm-hmm. because they were undergoing change. So I didn't have anything to do. That didn't help. I mean, that's the only thing I could pull out that would make it work. Right. And it didn't work. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, I think it kind of goes back, what I've learned in my own experience uh, with like finding opportunities is it comes from what we were talking about earlier, just making connections, meeting people. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just like shaking hands, going to stuff. It sucks. Yeah, going to places where you don't know people and just being, you know, awkward and uncomfortable. But that's where you... That's where those, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, maybe you disagree, but I'm like, that's where those jobs get filled. Because, like, no, I don't disagree, you know, but you have to know about where those are. Yeah, I mean, you don't, (laughs) but you don't know, right? So, you just need to use every opportunity, right? Um, you know, this is all hindsight for me, and I could be wrong completely. I mean, I, I think you can do all those things and not find anything in the end. Right. But at least you tried. But some, yeah. like that is the way to go for a lot of things. Networking is the way to get things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it sucks. It does. It does. But that's how you, like, gregarious people, mm-hmm. they win. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten. Yeah. It's the dude you like. Yeah. The dude that is out drinking <laughs> with the right person at the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So you're like, all right, you know what? Let's go home. <laughs> so you're you've been home since? Yes. Okay. What are you what are you up to? I'm a research coordinator at UC Psychiatry. And that is is this good? Yeah, it's good. I work in the division of bipolar disorder research and I work for the child study section. So I am in charge of currently five research studies which is an insane amount and it's my job to recruit for the studies explain the studies to the parents the participants get them to come in get wait them to show you, up. you try to find bipolars no the the department is the division of bipolar disorder research so most of our studies are targeted for the offspring of adults with bipolar disorder okay but not every study has to do with that because the pharmaceuticals have all the money, so we do those studies too. Gotcha. They've got the money. And you give people drugs? Yeah. Okay. What do you think of drugs? We talk about drugs a lot on this podcast. <laughs> what kind of drugs? Prescription drugs. I think that in certain cases that they can be exactly what people need. I think I think there's a lot of pressure put on the pharmaceutical industry to be something that it's not when they don't they don't actually know everything and people have this idea that taking prescription drugs causes you to be somebody you're not but if you didn't like the person you were when you weren't taking them I don't see the problem and people say that like smoking weed is a holistic alternative but it's not because it's temporary and pharmaceuticals actually alter the chemicals in your brain that are being affected and that are causing the emotions so pharmaceuticals are good when they are prescribed by an actually observant and caring person do you think doctors are most I mean, we, you just have to generalize. I'm making it. I can't generalize. I think that the doctors I work for are, the ones I experience cool. are. So your team. Okay, cool. But I know for a fact that there are people who abuse the power. Oh, yeah. My step-sibling's dad. Oh, shit. Got his license revoked for child psychiatry because he was misprescribing drugs. Who's looking out for those people? Who revoked it? The state. The state? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So then he like moved somewhere else and it got revoked there too. Now he works at a prison in California. Okay. Uh-huh. That's good. I'm mm-hmm. glad there are people. I'm sure he's a is he a good guy? Maybe. I can't really speak to it. Okay. I didn't know him very much. 
Okay. But, okay, yeah, I get you. So you're you're on team team drugs. I'm on team drugs when it's necessary. I'm not, yeah. if you have a problem, let's give you a pill. I'm, if you have a problem that's causing severe distress in your life, let's talk about what can be most beneficial to you. If this medication is going to help you not want to kill yourself, please take the medication. If you are having trouble sitting still and concentrating and it's actually affecting your ability to learn, please take this medication. If you didn't study for your exam and have six hours to do it and want an Adderall, don't take the medication. You know, like mm-hmm. those, that's not a case where it's needed. Helpful for sure. Yeah. Necessary, no. And then that's where like the bad stigma of prescription drugs go. It's not to the kids who I see who actually try to kill themselves and right. need help in the brain with chemicals. Yep. And people are just like, it's all bad for you. Yeah. And doctors are sinister drug dealers. They can be, I guess, but there's so much more regulation than you think. Like if you fuck up a kid because of misprescribing, that's Mm -hmm. your license. That's your license. You're done. That's, that's interesting. No, but we're like, we're on the same team. You and me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are we? Yeah, for sure. That's exactly how I feel. Cool. Um, I've had a lot of luck with prescription drugs. Other Mm -hmm. people in my family have. Um, And a lot of good doctors. Mm -hmm. But I also know a lot of people who, you know, giving them away like Skittles. And it just like killed them. Mm -hmm. But it's only going to be so long until they're caught. Good. That makes me feel better. Yeah, we do... So we do <clears throat> rounds reports on all of the kids that were recent intakes at Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. So every night, one of our coordinators will go on to look at the College Hill campus and the base campus, and we write up little bits about each of the kids that were admitted and why they were admitted and what meds are on and so on and so forth. And it will say in things, like one recently said, like previous doctor was prescribing them super incorrect medication it's been advised that they discontinue and like this is going to be reported yeah so it is seen and it is paid attention to okay once you switch care that's like that's when it'll be found right when people are like but if your kid's not getting better hopefully you switch care okay and then the other doctor looks and says yo this is crazy that should not be there interesting Mm -hmm. cool well i'm glad there's some like accountability that way because mm-hmm. opium is powerful yes yeah yeah back to you <laughs> how do you feel now are you fulfilled with what you're doing professionally uh-huh. okay yeah i don't know if it's i still potentially want to get my doctorate in psych i just haven't figured out what avenue is best for me yet Mm-hmm. I like interacting with patients, but I don't want to do like one-on-one talk therapy. Okay. But the whole research aspect is incredibly interesting. Like mm-hmm. the reasons behind the studies that we're doing. Yeah. There are, of parents that have bipolar disorder, of their kids, there's a particular subgroup that does not do well on certain medications. And if they take those certain medications, it will potentially cause them to convert to bipolar disorder. Okay. As in, there have been a lot of cases where that's happened, but we haven't been able to prove that it's the medication yet. And they haven't been able to figure out why some kids convert and other kids don't, even though they both have a bipolar parent. So two of our studies are using this medicine to try and figure out which subgroup might react negatively to it so we can prevent all future kids from taking it to prevent them from developing bipolar disorder. Yeah, that's cool. That'd be, yeah, that's interesting. I'm mm-hmm. interested. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> what, it, okay, I'm going to pitch you something. This isn't necessarily my idea. Okay. All right? Mm-hmm. So don't get mad at me. But do you think the, f- like, the fact that us as a society and how developed we are, that we have so few uh, natural predators and life-threatening things in terms of sickness and things actually makes us, like, gives us the threat of 
mental mental health becomes a problem because we have so few factors threatening our lives day to day that we our body needs some sort of stimulus some sort of threat some sort of anxiety some sort of emotion because we don't we're kept from mainly life or death threats we're not starving we're not being attacked by bears we're not freezing to death in the cold so our natural instinct when things aren't that bad we have mental health issues because we need i don't know do you know what i'm saying yeah but because we need something what because our brain here's an example that i heard one time uh when you're about to be fired from your job okay your brain or you think you're going to be fired or you feel some sort of threat, some sort of like, I'm about to lose my job, I'm a, something's about to happen. You undergo the sort of body stimulus of someone that is being attacked by its natural predator mm-hmm. because you haven't encountered that ever. You've never been attacked by a bear. Mm-hmm. So all your body knows to react to is losing your job. So now we're encountering this feeling like we're being attacked by a bear because we've never actually had that sort of life-threatening thing. And all of a sudden we think, oh, I'm losing my job. This is the biggest deal. This is terrifying. I'm frightened. People kill themselves when they lose their job. People, you know, people default on a loan. They can't pay their mortgage and people lose their mind. Because they've never actually felt something life-threatening. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, I do know what you're saying, but it's not true biologically. Okay. Like, you feel that way because of flight or fight. It's not up to you to decide what situation re- causes that reaction in you. Right, but I'm saying... So, like, you might get beat up by a bear and experience it then and then lose your job and then also experience it then. It's right. Like, but the person, I'm saying like the Neanderthal who experiences this and like sees you losing your job and he says, oh, you have everything you need. Your hierarchy needs, your like lowest level and upper levels of hierarchy of needs are met. Calm down, dude. You're but not- they're not. They're threatened. Because if you lose your job, then you lose your ability to provide yourself shelter, food, and water, which are the basic needs in your... Right, but considering your current station in life, those are obtainable. Well, you never said what kind of job it was. Like someone, let's say someone making like $100,000 a year. Whew. No debt. Do they have savings? Are they reckless? Yeah, that's a good. <laughs> like, if you have the the not having money to be able to provide from yourself can cause a great amount of fear and stress and anxiety, because you're threatening your life's ability to continue, as is. As is. As is. That's yeah, and I guess that's what I'm saying. And one thing I find interesting is we have a very high expectation of what our life should be. Mm-hmm. And I think that causes a lot of, maybe, this isn't necessarily me. This is what I find true in my own life, is I expect such a high quality of living for my own life that certain things that give me anxiety, certain things that freak me out, if I really take a step back and look at them, I'm like, oh, I have very high expectations of how my life should be. Almost ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that calms me down a bit. How ungrateful I am for what I do have and the only reason I'm upset is because something I don't deserve is threatened did you follow that yes I did follow that and that is accurate and I agree with that assessment but what you're ignoring is the core feeling that you're having at the moment of that experience like all those things that you just said are true but when you're feeling that you're allowed to feel those emotions and you're allowed to be frightened and anxious from them and it's not anything negative about you to choose to feel that way it might be okay in the end and yeah in three hours you'll probably be like oh it's fine i hated the job anyways and like so on and so forth here's 10 new plans but at that moment you're allowed to have that feeling 
and it can be validated. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Because then, yeah, you know what I, I, I do? I get that. Because it's like, whatever that is, whatever emotion that is, whatever that feeling, that biological response is, mm-hmm. it's happening. It's happening. To you. Here it is. It's going down. So. So let it happen. Yeah. And then let it go away. And then conquer it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it, I mean, it is, it's, sim. I don't know. It's, it is funny because, like, simplicity of life. You're like, oh, we have all these... Mon-. Like, you still... Even if you're, like, rich and you were born into, like, a high socioeconomic class, you still have the right to have emotions mm-hmm. and be scared. Right. And be insecure. Right. Just because you're rich doesn't mean you're not allowed to have problems. Which is why I don't like comparisons. Like, finish that food. The kids in Africa are starving. Right. That just like removes you from your own life and removes you from your own personal experience, and it teaches you to that you aren't important within your own world. Because you can eat, you can't have problems. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I don't know though. I don't know. Like when people say can't complain, I'm like, bet, bet you can complain. Like that's a false statement. I know you're complaining in your head. Yeah, but isn't it, isn't that complaint? They're just saying, oh, can't complain. I have problems, but I also have a lack of perspective. Mm-hmm. I get that. It's just a stupid sentence. Small talk is the worst. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. When someone says can't complain, it's them saying, you know, I'm doing it. There are people in worse circumstances. No, it's them saying, I heard your question on a surface level and here's answer A, B, C, or D that I just randomly selected. Let's move on. Yeah. Or I don't want to get into anything with you right now, so can't complain. Right. Yeah. I think that if if you ask me, hey, how's your day? And I say can't complain, that means, you know, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the life I have. Well, then that's what you would say. Not can't complain. I'm not going to say, how's your day? I'm grateful for the life I have. Why not? That's weird. Why? I don't know. If you, that would. It's more weird to subdue that feeling and say instead, can't complain. I disagree with you. (laughs) If someone were to say that to me, I'd be like, hey, what's going on? And they said, you know. Like, my perspective gives me the ability to understand that my circumstances aren't that bad. I'd be like, hey, moving on later. Wasn't actually asking. I was just expecting one of the four responses that you're supposed to give. Then why even ask the question? Uh, social, like, it's a thing we do. Politeness. It's a thing we do. It's the worst. It's not, though. It is. It's, it's me. I don't know if someone said, yeah, what's the other one? Like, how's it going? It's going. It's going. It's going. I get it. It's not... If I ask you, how's it going? And you're like, Joe, sit down. I'm going to tell you. I'd be like, that's not what that means. I know. Do you know what I'm saying? Of course. How's it going doesn't mean, let's get into it. I know. You know what I mean? Yes. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Do you have anything else? What do you want? What do you want to say? Tell people stuff. Tell people stuff. Yeah, give a, like, you know, like, tell someone something you've learned. Warn someone about maybe making a mistake that you've made or something people don't know. What? That didn't make sense? It made sense. It's just very broad and different questions. I, and I mean it that way. You can, you can say anything. And you've said a lot of great stuff. I think you've yeah but and you don't have to you don't have to answer that all right i'll give you here's your here's your wrapping question oh someone says how's it going or what's going on how are you in a relationship like you and i what in things are let's say stressful things are a bit weird what do you say What are you supposed to say? Are you supposed to tell a semi-acquaintance exactly what's going on? Or are you supposed to say, 
I don't are think you supposed to is the right word. I think it's up to each person and what they're comfortable disclosing. Well, you made it sound like it was wrong for me to say whatever that phrase was. What was that phrase? <laughs> uh, I can't Couldn't, complain. Can't complain. What's wrong? What should? What's the appropriate response? I don't. I don't think that you shouldn't not respond with the small talk responses. Like that's what it's there for. Okay. I just don't like the term. Generally, the term "can't complain" doesn't make sense to me because, like, of course, every single person on this earth could complain. So it just comes from a person that is holding this facade of everything's always great, and I resent it. Got it. Okay. You should maybe take that whole section out of this, though. No, I'm too lazy I don't know to if it edit made any anything. Sense. What You're not going to edit anything? Nope. <laughs> not a damn thing. Too lazy. Cool. You've been great, though. Hmm. Yeah. I've edited. You don't You don't have trigger words or weird things that you say incessantly. And that's nice. That's when I'll edit things. Vocal fillers are, are not great, and if you have them, you should work on them. Yeah, but now you got me thinking about my vocal fillers. So. You say yeah a lot. Hey. It's true. I didn't ask you, you say yeah in response to almost everything. You know what I say? Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you even said dude once this time. Because you're a chick. That's just rude. I know. I'm the worst. <laughs> you're not the worst. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. All right. What comedy shows are you doing soon? Me? Yeah. Stand up every Wednesday. Nice. Except every for Wednesday. <laughs> Thanks for canceling your stand up plans. <laughs> you're welcome. For this. No problem. You got anything you want to plug? You got like Twitter oh, yeah. or something? Oh, yeah. We get definitely plugs. Cool. Brother Ben has two bands, or he's a DJ, Henry Sugar, and then Pelts with Jim Swill. What are you talking about? My older brother Okay. has a solo project called Henry Sugar that you should all listen to on SoundCloud, and his other band is with his friend Jim Swill, and it's called Pelts. She's nice. also on SoundCloud. Cool. And my little brother has a band too. It's called Indoor Creature. And you should check it out. He's in Austin. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I can share all that stuff. Because we're on SoundCloud. Cool. And if anyone has any kids that have any kind of issues going on, you should bring them to UC Psychiatry. Cool. We compensate you for your time and travel. What's up? And provide all medication and procedures for free. They gotta be like research. They're research subjects, right? Yeah, but they're participants. If you call them subject, people think they're like lab rats. You're not lab rats. You're like helping to determine if medication is useful or not. So you're doing exactly what you would do with your doctor, except we're paying you. And sometimes we take blood. You're a paid lab rat. You're a paid lab rat. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, it's true, but you'd be a lab rat with your primary physician. You just wouldn't call yourself that because you're not getting paid. So why not just do the same thing and get paid? Yeah. And get the meds for free. You're always a lab rat. Why not get paid for it? Right. Why not? Cool. <laughs> All right, well, this has been awesome, Leah. <laughs> Super fun times. All right, say goodbye. Goodbye. All right, later. Later.